Oh, you there? Who's your Who's your villain? Mike, what are you doing to me, man? You gone? See, the thing about Mike is that he had a villain and he held on the the line for about twenty five minutes, and then uh, and then decided to <laughs> decided to bail. Um, I think that that thing that Comcast Sportsnet is doing is really cool. I think the thing about Philadelphia is that what we don't. What, uh, it's, it's interesting because when you think about Philadelphia outside of Philadelphia, we often think of ourselves as everybody else's villain, right? We're the nastiest fans and we're the toughest place to play. Uh, they said that in the, in the first episode of Philly Villains when they were talking about the vet turf. Look, our, football stadium was a villain in and of itself it wasn't just the turf it was the uh the, the turf of course that injured people it was the rats i think there were cats in there there was it was so nasty this stadium that um that we had to have a courtroom and a jail cell in the stadium our stadium was a villain to other teams it was the last place that anybody wanted to play was philadelphia and most specifically veteran stadium and then to think about who our vet, who our villains are who our enemies are is a whole different thing and i think the uh, i think it's really interesting to think about it. and i think it's funny uh, and very appropriate that so many of our villains worked for or owned Philadelphia teams, and they've had two of them so far. They had uh, Rich Kotite and Marshall said that Norman Brayman was one of the ones tonight. Norman Brayman was the most evil owner, I think, in the history of owners. I mean, the only thing, and I, you know, I think it was Leonard Toes that was going to move the Eagles, but the only thing that could be more evil than what Norman Brayman was, was moving the team somewhere else was, you know, doing what the Colts did or doing what the Rams did, taking the team away, doing what um, who else moved, uh, doing those kinds of things. But uh, but Norman Brayman, it was almost more torture having him um, keep them here. So Jeffrey Lurie, every time you complain about Jeffrey Lurie and anytime you talk about the gold standard sarcastically, just remember Norman Brayman. That's all. Just take a second. Close your eyes and remember Norman Brayman. Mike. What's up, man? Mike. Mike Eskin. Mike McCoy, LaSalle University. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Great. I want to talk about uh, my, what I think is probably the biggest silly villain in my mind, and that is Kobe Bryant. I think Kobe Bryant is the hugest one in the city just because of the fact that he's from here, disrespects the town back in his early days, you know, uh, doesn't, doesn't really be part of the city, uh, Fun fact, I heard uh, recently, I, I don't know if it's true, maybe it's just Rumor Central. <laughs> that Fun Kobe fact. Bryant, yeah. That Kobe Bryant back in the day actually um, was going to go to LaSalle uh, as one of his choices. I don't know if that's true or not because his dad was like a former basketball player here. But uh, ever since then, uh, I don't know, everyone here in this area, LaSalle, has given him a bad rap as well. Yeah, you uh, know, well, Kobe Bryant is one of those guys that in town that either everybody rides his jock or you hate him. It's one of the two. And I really dislike Kobe Bryant. And the reason I agree with you, and I think Kobe Bryant did the number one no-no that you do to the city of Philadelphia, and I think turns people into huge villains. It's what Scott Rowland did. It's what J.D. Drew
Drew did. It's when you turn your back on the city of Philadelphia, when you're a player here or when you're from here and you decide that you would rather be somewhere else than here. And when Bryant does things like saying um, he doesn't even consider himself a Philadelphian anymore, it makes me not like him. I want them, when he comes in here, I want them to beat him just about as bad as I want them to beat any uh, any player at all. Who, who would you rather them beat in the East? A Celtics team, a Heat team, or the Bulls? You mean just, just in any one game? Uh, or in a what playoff win, series? What win do you say? Uh, I'll put it this way. There is okay. nothing. Beating the Miami Heat still is the crown that you want in the NBA. Nobody, because the thing about beating the Heat is that it's not just Philadelphia that celebrates. The world celebrates with you when you beat the Heat. The Heat are the world's enemy. And I know there's less, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, less, there's less heat on them this year. Um, but there is, a, there is still that thing where when they come to town, they are the big bad wolf. They are more talented than you. They're, I was watching a, a heat, the Heat Sixers game with uh, my girlfriend, who was nice enough to watch Sixers games with me. And she's like, man, why, why are all their guys just bigger and faster than our guys are? And and they are. They And they hit every shot. And then there's that added, not only are they big and they're fast and they're good, but there's that added dynamic that they did that thing that nobody liked. You know, that they, they teamed up to do this, that this isn't fair. I think beating the Heat, even that one game for the Sixers last year, I've been in a lot of great sports moments. I was at Game six of the 1986 World Series, when that ball rolled through Bill Buckner's legs uh, for the New York Mets, I was at that game. I felt what that emotion was like in Shea Stadium when that happened. I've been at a lot of really amazing sporting events, but I'll tell you, when Lou Williams hit that shot last year, and I know you're going to say, ah, it's just because you love the Sixers, but when Lou Williams hit that shot last year in Game 4 on Easter at the Wells Fargo Center, hit that three-pointer to beat the Heat. Actually, both of those shots, the Drew Holiday one, but then that Lou Williams shot to beat the Heat was one of the most amazing feelings. And it was not just because the Sixers had won a playoff game and avoided a sweep. It was because they beat they beat the Heat. Uh, and that's what everybody wanted to do. And I think the fact that they showed they weren't scared against the Heat was an accomplishment. And I, you'll see it on Friday. Beating the And remember, the Sixers beat the Bulls twice last year. In in the regular season, they beat them twice. They beat them in Chicago and they beat them here. But nothing that will will pale in comparison to beating uh, the Miami Heat. And I even think beating the Celtics is great. Beating the Knicks is great. But beating the Heat is on an entire different level. Mike is going to give it another try, aren't you? Yeah, let's give it one more go. Okay. <laughs> what I started to say was I, I, I've actually been following you on Twitter for a while and I guess about a week and a half ago, I was giving you a pretty hard time about you picking the you wanting the Giants to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, why? And, and you you feel differently? Yeah, I just I, I just hate for them to have you know just yet another thing to hang over our heads, like the whole Super Bowl thing. And for and especially for me personally, because I don't know any Patriots fans, so. I know people say, you know, Boston fans are really smug, but I don't know a single one. So for me, it's good. Well, I think, um, see, I've, I, I've, I have this advantage that I've, I've lived in a few different places. So I went to college in Los Angeles and then Syracuse and lived in Chicago. So I feel like I have this, um, this, you know, I, I guess I don't. 
I have a lot of friends from a lot of different places, so I've been able to experience all different kinds of sports fans. And I do have have Boston fans in my life. And New England Patriots fans are the most smug. And, and, it's, and it's now because they've won so much over the last 10 years, not just the Patriots, but the right. Red Sox and the Celtics. And they have this thing where they just kind of like expect to win. The, the kind of thing that's actually sneaking into Philadelphia Phillies culture that makes me a little bit nauseous, this we have to have every player and every superstar, and if we don't win the, the ring, then it's a failure and that kind of thing. But, but but uh, Patriots fans are just kind of like, yeah, no big deal. We're just going to win another Super Bowl. And to me, the thing that, that when you're talking about the, the Giants and the Patriots and who you root for, what you're telling me is why you can't root for the Giants. But I still have trouble imagining you sitting there and watching the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday and actually rooting for the Patriots. Like, you're going to be able to do that? Yeah, I mean, I just... <laughs> This, my whole life, my, my, I'm 32, and my whole life has been all about hating the Cowboys. And yeah. I mean, that, that's even something that, that my, you know, my wife doesn't understand why. You know, I try to instill that in my children. <laughs> and, and, you try to instill that hate that, yeah, <laughs> from see, a young I mean, age. My wife is actually uh, a Chicago Bears fan, and my daughter is actually, you know, following suit with her, which I can live with that as long as my, my boys you know, follow me, I'm good. I can, you know, I can handle, you know, my daughter. But, I mean, if, if, if the Cowboys was the team I hated the most, and actually now the Giants, I think, have actually overtaken them, Is all, it, you know, for me. So Because yeah, the Cowboys just, have, have, have not won, really, in 15 years. Yeah, I mean, our, I don't even really see them as much of a rival to us anymore. Like, our hardest games are against the Giants. The Cowboys haven't really... Hasn't really been much of a challenge here recently. It's funny. Except- it's funny that you bring that up because in the '90s, when the Cowboys were so good, and I expect on some on some level, um, the Cowboys. <laughs> Adam is telling me that the Cow. Are you a Cowboys fan? Oh no! Beat the Eagles three times in '08. Um, that is true. I mean, that was awful too. It was the last game of the season into the first game of the playoffs. That was terrible. Um, the thing about the '90s, w- the funniest thing about the '90s that I used to hear from Cowboys fans all the time that you hear about it now is that when they were, and on this Philly villains list, uh, thanks for the call, Mike. On this Philly villains list, at some point there have to be those '90s Cowboys that Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and Dion. There were so many of them. They were kind of like the even though they didn't, uh, they didn't, you know, collude to do it. They were like the Miami Heat of football team. They had all the best players at all the best positions. Even their second best receiver was Alvin Harper, and they had the best. They had the best tight end too. They had Jay Novacek and the best fullback. Who has the best fullback? Um, so they. But the funny thing about that rivalry is we hated those Cowboys teams the most. But at that time. Those Cowboys fans didn't really pay us any mind. That was the time in in Cowboys history where they would tell us that their most hated rival was the Redskins, that they didn't even really pay the Eagles that much mind. And I think the best rivalries, the the non-one-sided rivalries, are the rivalries where both teams are good at the same time. And you had those 90s, you know, in the NBA, you had the Bulls and the Knicks in the mid-90s. And the Knicks weren't as good, but they were both good. Um, right now, even, you have the Eagles and the Giants. And those 
those rivalries that happen when it's not just one team trying to conquer the other team, when it's a rivalry that, you know, where both teams are doing something. I was hoping that the Sixers-Knicks rivalry would start to develop right now, but the problem with that is that the Knicks are terrible. <laughs> so it's not much of a rivalry. Uh, one thing that Mike brought up is who I'm cheering for in the Super Bowl. And I actually wrote uh, something on CBSPhilly.com about who I'm cheering for in the Super Bowl. And I've decided to cheer for the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. Legitimately cheer for the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. And I will, I will tell you all about that and give you a chance to tell me how wrong I am uh, coming up. The, the phone numbers here in the 94WI. Tasty Cake Studios without enough Tasty Cakes. 1-888-729-9494. Coming up next, I tell you why I'm cheering for Eli. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1214. Sports Radio 94 WIP. In three days, 20,000 fans. My name is Spike Eskin. My last name is Eskin. <laughs> my, my dad's name is Howard. But as I said on my first show, don't judge me. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean I love Andy Reid. Um, and I'm taller, way taller. Um, yeah, can I tell you something? Something that is amazing about the Internet is that when you were, when I was in high school and you saw a dunk once, you had to wait for it to be on SportsCenter to see it again. Uh, the great thing about the Internet is that when there's a great dunk, it's on the Internet in seven different angles in slow motion, and you can watch it a hundred different times. Blake Griffin just dunked the ball, um, and it was against Oklahoma City. It was against Oklahoma City, right? It was against Kendrick Perkins. It it was the craziest dunk I've ever seen, maybe ever, in a game. It was maybe not Sean Kemp kind of dunk. It didn't have that power. Um, and there's people telling me that it's not a dunk because his hand didn't hit the rim. Man, that, then Dwight, Dwight Howard never touches the rim when he dunks. It's a dunk. That's a dunk. That's not a layup. That's a dunk. Um, I have it on my Twitter. It's all over the Internet. So you can see it if you'd like. Now, I promised you I'd... Um, tell you about why I am cheering for the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, I can tell you I became a really hardcore Philadelphia fan. I wasn't when I was growing up. Now, you may not um, this might not surprise you that when I was growing up, I was kind of a contrarian based on my my family. Um, but when I was growing up, what I would do was whatever teams my friends cheered for the most, I would cheer for their rivals so we could argue about it. And here I am uh, 20 years later um, doing it for a living. So on some level, I guess it, it paid off arguing about sports. But my friends were Bulls fans, so I cheered for the Knicks. Uh, my friends were Phillies fans, so I cheered for the Mets. And that's all sports was to me. It was banter. Um, but then I moved away. And I lived in, I mentioned I lived in Los Angeles and I went to college in Syracuse. And then I lived in Chicago for a little while. And and you really start to appreciate where you're from when you go to other places. So I was in these other places with these people cheering for these other teams, and I really learned to appreciate my teams. And that's when, that's when really, you know, uh, being proud of Philadelphia really came in. And that's when I really started to love the Phillies and the Eagles and the Sixers uh, and the Flyers. So. 
I am a very, very, very big Eagles fan. I went to Syracuse the same time McNabb was there. It kind of was a, a good transition for me to like the Eagles when McNabb started to be an Eagles. So I'm a very big Eagles fan. Um, and this season crushed me and losses crushed me. And it's, it's different to be on the radio about it because you think you have to have this, this kind of, um, this kind of unbiased thing. But that's the great thing about sports radio is you can kind of be a little bit biased. You're not a journalist or anything. You're just talking about sports. So. I sit down, and it's Championship Sunday, and the worst possible result of Championship Sunday for an Eagles fan and for somebody in my position happens. So that worst possible result is the Patriots versus the Giants. Now, I will say, there is more drama in Patriots versus Giants. You can say that the Harbaugh Bowl would be amusing in the, you know, the 49ers versus the Ravens, but to me, there's nothing exciting about a 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl. So even though it's the worst possible result as a fan, uh, an Eagles fan to see Patriots versus Giants, there's more drama there, right? So, um, but we're left with this um, quandary about the Super Bowl. And to me, there's three schools of thought with the Super Bowl, maybe even four schools of thought with the Super Bowl going into this Giants and Patriots Super Bowl as an Eagles fan. There are the people that tell me they're not going to watch the Super Bowl. To me, that's not even an option. I can't imagine a Super Bowl Sunday going uh, going by and me not watching that football game. If for no other reason than it's the last football game that we're going to see until August. And I like I just can't make that not happen. It's like breakup sex or something. It's like if you have that one last shot to get some of it in there, <laughs> not literally, um, then you have to do it. So I have to watch the football game. The The second option that I don't really think is an option is watching it without having a team to root for, just watching it for the commercials. If I'm watching a sporting event, even if I invent some reason in my mind why I'm rooting rooting for one team or another, even if it's a UNLV uh, football game on at 1 in the morning on ESPN3, I'm picking a team to root for. I need a team to root for in this game. So then it comes down to the two teams to root for. It comes down to the New England Patriots and the New York Giants. I want the Giants to win. I want the Giants to beat the Patriots. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to cheer for Eli Manning, and I'm going to cheer for Tom Coughlin, and I'm going to cheer for uh, Pierre Paul, and I'm going to cheer for Brandon Jacobs, and I'm going to cheer for all of them, whom I despise. And the reason is because I despise the coach and the quarterback on the Patriots more, and I despise Patriots fans more than I despise Giants fans. Here's the thing about Giants fans. They're already ahead of us, and they're going to talk about their Super Bowls whether they win another one or not. They're already ahead of us. They're going to lose this game, and they can still talk trash on us as Eagles fans as if it never happened. We can't laugh at them for them losing this game, you know, because we didn't make the playoffs, and they're in the Super Bowl. So that's the first thing. They're already clearly ahead of us. The second thing about Giants fans is that they don't care if they lose because they weren't supposed to be here anyway. So like I was saying, even if the Giants go into this game and they lose the Super Bowl, we can't laugh at their fans for losing because our team didn't even make the playoffs. And here is the key thing here is that Patriots fans 
will be absolutely positively crushed if they lose this Super Bowl. Patriots fans are considering the the Giants-Patriots Super Bowl to be revenge. This will be the be-all, end-all to everything that they needed from that Super Bowl from four years ago. And if they lose, it will crush them. And I feel like I need to see somebody crushed. I feel like I need to see Bill Belichick walk off that field crushed. He needs to lose. I've heard enough about Tom Brady making it his mission to win this Super Bowl because too many people were talking about other quarterbacks this year. As if he can just decide to win the Super Bowl. I don't want that. I'm cheering for the Giants, and I think as an Eagles fan, I'm doing the right thing for me. I don't think I should be criticized for cheering for the Giants in this Super Bowl. I don't know what Mike thinks. Hello? Yo, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, uh, well, I totally disagree. Um, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I grew up as a, my uncle was a 49er fan. Okay. And um, I grew up with the Eagles, but, I mean, Steve Young and Jerry Rice was my two favorite players growing up. You know, I stuck with the Eagles because they was the home team, so. You know I hate the Giants. All of the bad blood that the 49ers and the Giants have had. I mean, this is twice that they'd have knocked the Niners out on some fluke garbage fumble and got a field goal to win the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I think the Niners and Patriots would have been a good Super Bowl. I mean, because, I could, okay, Ravens don't have a national following, but you're talking about San Francisco got fans all over the United States. I live down here in Washington, D.C. But don't you feel like that kind of went – I, I – I, I, I think I remember more Niners fans across the United States when it was the Montana Rice ones, and then and then Steve Young, and then I just feel like it kind of went away. There's still Niners fans everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's how it is. I mean, you didn't you didn't see a lot of Cowboy fans, you know, when they were sort of sort of down and stuff like that. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, now look at the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots has never been a national team. Now you see Patriots fans everywhere. You know, I mean, they, you never saw as many Patriots stuff back in the. Uh, before uh, Bill Parcells took over and stuff like that. I mean, that is how it is. I mean, the Giants, to me, you know, I, I would never root for that team. And, you know, like, okay, Boston may be smug, but they got a reason to be smug. I mean, I mean, they wasn't smug before, uh, you know, 2001 when they wasn't, you know, winning and stuff like that. And, and I listen to Giants. I listen to New York sports stations, too. And they're also smug. You can't use the fact that the Giants wasn't supposed to be here because if you heard them Giant fans uh, during the playoffs, uh, they were acting like they were fifteen and one, and Green Bay were nine and seven. I mean, they 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 were saying it wasn't even going to be close against the Giants in Green Bay. But don't and you think? That, and they were saying that about San Francisco. So you can't say that. Well, they 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 they're not supposed to be here because from what I was hearing, you know, they was talking like no, they should be here. You know, so uh, I mean. And they and they and they routinely refer to Philadelphia as the, the small, the, the little city, the little town to the south. You know, say I'm not a baseball fan, but when Cliff Lee, you know, took uh, took the Phillies over the uh, over the Yankees, and you know, most Giants fans are Yankee fans. That was great. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not a baseball fan, but I ain't like the fact that they referred to Philadelphia, and there was a lot of the fans they, and, and the hosts on there. They were referring to Philadelphia as you know this little town to the south. Mike. All of a sudden, is like stealing our players and stuff like look, that. So I, I'm not look what what you say. You got on a roll. What you say, everything you said is right. Okay, I don't. I hate New York. 
I hate New York. I hate them. I hate everything I hate about New York. I don't, I don't hate the city. Well, I, mean, the, the I don't. Fans. The people, right? But yeah. <laughs> I hate the accent. I don't like the city. That's too much for me. I go up to New York, and all I want to do is leave. It gives me a headache just being up there. But my thing about is is that sure, Boston fans. Thank you for the call, Mike. I appreciate. I love the role you got on there. Boston fans might have a reason to be smug, but it doesn't make them not smug. I think the thing about New York fans is uh, maybe it's a I, I guess I can't say it's a Northeast thing because Northeast is New England is also in the Northeast. Boston's in the Northeast. I feel like New York fans are more similar to us. They're more like Philadelphia fans than Boston fans are. I can't relate to Boston fans. I don't know. I, I don't know what that's like to win all of those, to not appreciate it. And that's what I, I said earlier about the, you know, being a Phillies fan is that there's this kind of smugness that's come uh, around, and maybe it just comes with winning. Maybe when you win a lot, because you notice that I guess a little bit with Yankees fans, when you win a lot, you start to expect to win, and you don't appreciate what you have. And, you know, when the Phillies have this many great pitchers, and, you know, we're complaining about, you know, the Jonathan Papelbon contract is not good. You know, we, we go and we sign. If, if you were a Phillies fan... In the mid-90s, you know, or the late 90s, and you're complaining that your team overspent on the best closer available, uh, those fans would have killed us for complaining about that. I feel like New York fans are more like us than Boston fans are. Um, and I don't, I, I guess I don't say that in a complimentary way, but New England is a different kind of Northeast than Philly and New York is. Philly and New York is kind of a tough blue collar Northeast, whereas New England feels like just a different, just kind of an uppity Northeast. I hate everything about Boston. Here's the, I guess the cherry on top of everything to me about New England is they cheated. You know, the years that they beat, they were winning. Do you know how many Super Bowls the Patriots have won since they got caught cheating? Zero. That's right. Absolutely none. And it's funny how Patriots fans kind of uh, look at that cheating and say, ah, everybody did it. Well, everybody didn't get caught. And I don't have any proof that everybody did it. Not everybody got fined $750,000 total for cheating. Not everybody had to give up two first round draft picks, you know, and they weren't just like kind of cheating. They were taping the other team. Videotaping is the most obvious kind of cheating. Um, so that's that's the other thing is that New England cheated. And hey, n- not for nothing, but you know their baseball team was also on steroids when they won the World Series. And not for nothing, but their basketball team that won the NBA championship a few years back was the original Big Three. And if you don't like NBA players just kind of teaming up to win a championship, they were the first ones to do it. So if you hate Miami, you kind of have to hate Boston. I hate everything about all of their sports teams. And the New England Patriots are the number one of all of them. And because of that, I'm going to cheer for the New York Giants on Sunday. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to do it. Dan, Kevin, Rick, and Mike are all up next with their Super Bowl thoughts on me cheering for the Giants, who you're cheering for. Get in, 888-729-9494. It's 1235 on 94WIP. You want sports? Just listen. This is the new Sports Radio 94WIP.
Sports Radio, 94 WIP. I'm Spike Eskin. Before we get back into the Super Bowl stuff, I have Dan, Kevin, and Mike on hold talking about who you're uh, cheering for in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going with the Giants. It feels like the lesser of two evils with the Patriots being the most evil. But I just wanted to talk about something you know, in the break there. How Philly is Doug Collins? Just getting into his team after winning. <laughs> Doug Collins, see, you look at Dwight Howard. What was sad, to, we'll do this later. I promise we'll do this later. What was sad was there were fans begging Dwight Howard to come here. Doug, Doug Collins wanted to be in Philadelphia. He was upset he couldn't interview for the job the year before. He just wanted to be here. It's nice to have guys that want to be here. I want our team to be so good that guys want to be here. I don't want to beg it's sad. Kevin wants to talk about the Super Bowl. You're on 94 WIP. Hey, Spike. How's it going? Great. You? Uh, pretty good. Here's my whole thing of that. It is impossible for me to ever cheer for Eli Manning. <laughs> I just I, I can't do it. Wait, I kinda, he's kind of like harmless to me. He kind of looks like he's like the kid that got picked on in school, and he's not even the cool Manning. And I kind of feel like, you know, every little brother, and I'm the the oldest of five, so I guess I never went through this, but every little brother who, um, you know, have you ever seen Stand By Me? You ever seen that movie? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I've seen parts. Okay. Well, there's this, um, you know, Will Wheaton plays this kid. His older brother died. And everybody, his family is like, I don't know why you couldn't be like your older brother, Denny. Why can't you be like your older brother? And everybody's always telling him what a great quarterback his older brother was. And to me, Eli Manning is kind of harmless because he's like, he's like the younger brother that, that may like, you know, overtake his over bro- his older brother in importance. I don't. I don't think it's a wonderful story by any means. But he's not. He's not like Brady to me. You know, Brady is hateable. I. I, I have trouble. I want to beat Eli. I, I want to sack him. I want to scare him. But I don't. I don't. I, I guess I don't. I don't feel intimidated by Eli Manning at all. Uh, I think I'm kind of afraid he's turning into a good quarterback, which I can't <laughs> ever imagine. But that's our our worst fear, right? That yeah. Eli Manning is actually good. Yeah, so I can't really cope with that. Another reason I may be alone with this, but I actually like Ocho Cinco, and I kind of want to see him win one. Oh. You know, he suffered on the Bengals for is, so many years. Is he still years. on that team? I don't even yeah, know he's I, still on the Patriots. Well, that's another thing. He hasn't. Because when he went there, he hasn't done anything to become, like, this terrible person again. So I would like to see him win one, even if he has absolutely nothing to do with it. To me, Ocho Cinco is this guy who went from being... He he really used the internet to to his advantage, and then used it to make me really sick of him. He went from this guy that was thought of as this malcontent, right? He was this guy that did these touchdown celebrations. That you know was one of those. You know, for a while, him and To were kind of thought of as a similar kind of you know guy that you know you couldn't trust all the time, and then he. He kind of won us over by being charming and funny, and he used Twitter to kind of be, you know, show the the other side of him, and he was kind of funny on TV, and everybody got a good laugh out of Ocho Cinco, but then it kind of got to the point where he kind of became like the Ashton Kutcher of football, some guy that wasn't really that good anymore and couldn't understand why he was so famous, and I didn't know why, what was so likable or funny about him. I guess I guess, he's kind of the, you know, the worst example example of overexposure um, that Twitter has to offer to me. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not cheering for Ocho Cinco to get one. 
<laughs> to get a ring. I I don't know. I I never felt bad for him. I guess, but but nothing. Uh, continue. Uh, maybe I'm biased. He he was always good for me when I picked him in fantasy, so I always had a little little thing for him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> All right. Maybe that's just you know that's my own bias. And, and I guess I would imagine you know more Giants fans than Patriots fans, right? I mean, in your life. Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I would say more Giants fans. Yeah. Then you'll have to you'll have to deal with them, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I I I hate I probably hate Boston fans as much, if not more. But I just I uh, I can't stand uh, Eli Manning having more Super Bowl wins than Peyton. I just that just kind of blows my mind right now. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, thanks for the call. I think it's upsetting for all of us. More than it's upsetting, it's just kind of shocking. He. He was like a less talented version of Tony Romo, the kind of guy that, you know, that people thought would be good. But we knew if we got to him, if we hit him enough, he would choke. He would throw an interception. And I think there's a little bit of a uh, Eli Manning overrated thing going on now, too. He went from the he was probably underrated at one at one point, And now because of these few wins um, and this year, I think he might be slightly overrated. I still think there's a chance that you could see him choke in in tight situations. Um, and I still think in general, he'll probably be a guy that turns the ball over too much. You see these elite quarterbacks, you know, throwing five interceptions and six intercept- interceptions to 40 and 50 uh, touchdowns. I don't think that'll ever be Eli. But I, I do see that the the development of Eli Manning into a franchise Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback could be uh, disconcerting to some. I still, I st- I'm still going to... I'd still rather see it happen than, than another Patriots Super Bowl. Mike, you're on 94 hey, WIP. Hey, hey, Spike, how are you? Um, first time talking to you, so hello to you. Yo, um, f- you first time, first time, long time? No, 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 first time, long time, but the first time I have the pleasure to talk to you. Okay, all right, okay. Um, um, listen, Spike. <laughs> There's more. There's more to the situation than just the Giants um, possibly winning another Super Bowl. Um, We as fans, the only thing we really truly got vested in football is 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 the the chance to talk a lot of crap Monday morning, and it's bad enough that uh, we don't have a Super Bowl. We're going to have to deal with not only the New York Giants fans talking about winning the Super Bowl, but we're going to have to listen to the Redskins fans. We're going to have to listen to the Hater Cowboy fans. It's, it's just it's just too much. We can't we cannot afford to have another team in our division win the Super Bowl without us winning one. But I- you never root, you never root for the you never root for anybody in our division to win the championship. Never. But I, I th- my my initial point though, and I, I hear what you're saying, but my initial point is that they've already won it. So so what difference does it make if they win again? You know, it's all. <laughs> Because like that's what they can say. They can say we won again. Mm. It's not you know, I don't I don't have I don't have any Patriot friends as fans that I could rag on and say, Ha ha, y'all lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> Might not talk too much crap to the to the Giants fans because yes, they did make it to the championship. 
But come on, man. We won't have to deal with the Cowboys fans talking about, look, that's another team in the division that got a Super Bowl. Y'all still don't got one. The Redskins fans are going to say that. I can't take that, man. I'll never root for another team in my division to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I guess, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to, thanks for the call. You made great points, Mike. A lot of it comes down to your life. It comes down to what you have to deal with in your life. And I, I think the Giants winning another Super Bowl is almost like the Yankees winning a World Series. The Yankee fans tell me how many rings they have. It doesn't even compute to me. Like, if it's 25 or 28 or 32 or 18, it's still way more than we do. I still think it doesn't matter. And I, I do think if the, you know, if the Giants win the Super Bowl, their next year will be if you thought you hated the Giants now, and you thought that was a good rivalry now, if we go into next season with the Giants as Super Bowl champions, not only does it put you know, the Eagles target on the Super Bowl, not only does it put the Eagles target on the division, but that team that you're trying to top is now the Giants. That Super Bowl championship team is now the Giants. We're back in that position in the 90s where we have a legitimate, you know, real rival in this division. And I think all it does is it makes it makes our rivalry, it makes the Eagles rivalry with the Giants stronger. I think it makes it more <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I was kind of out on the limb there. <laughs> my, 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 it comes down to hate, really. I hate Patriots fans more than I hate Giants fans. I, I hate, I hate how they brag. I hate how they are. And I hate Bill Belichick and I hate Tom Brady and I hate them more than I hate anybody in the Giants. Cause the Giants to me are the, the team that I wish we were. I don't wish we were the Patriots. I wish we were the Giants. I wish we were a Cinderella team, a team that, you know, that did that. I feel like we've, we almost had our chance a bunch of times, and we never got it. I don't want to be like the Patriots. I'd rather be like the Giants, I guess. I don't know. We'll get to Dan, who's got his uh, his Super Bowl pick and wanted to talk to the Sixers next, and uh, and you on the Super Bowl. And I guess I feel like I'm being talked out of cheering for the Giants. Maybe? No. I, I still got him. I still got the Giants. Eli is a franchise quarterback with multiple Super Bowls is frightening. 888-729-9494. 94WIP Sports Time is 1252. Sports Radio 94. This is such a fun job. <laughs> I'm Spike Gaskin. Uh, this is 94 WIP. Um, Friday is Wing Bowl, which means Kobayashi was here yesterday. Um, very, like, quiet guy. Said that he was eating 200 wings a day to train, uh, but he was going to up that to 300 wings. The thing with him is, isn't that he can't eat it. He can certainly eat it, but can he eat it? In that, you know, that speed, you know, can he make sure he cleans those wings? The weigh-in is going to be Wing Bowl 20 weigh-in Thursday from 5 to 7. Where else but Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Uh, maybe we'll get, a, you know, a warm-up. Maybe we'll get to see them, I don't know, take down uh, four buckets of crab fries or something. Uh, Al will be there. Rio will be there. All Wing Bowl 20 competitors will be there. And Wingettes as well. So you have... You know, when you look at the wing bowl competitors and the wingettes, you have essentially 
um, the plus and minus sign of humans. Really, you have the 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 polar opposites there. So, Chickies and Pete's on Thursday, five to seven. Wing Bowl twenty, weigh in. Dan is on ninety four WIP. Hello, sir. Hey, Spike. What's up? How are you? Uh, first off, thanks for the Blake Griffin uh, heads up. My goodness, that ridiculous. That dunk. If nobody if nobody was paying attention, Blake Griffin dunked on Kendrick Perkins tonight, and the dunk is all over the internet. If you can't find dunks on the internet, um, it's on my Twitter. But it is it was sick, right? I mean, he I was kind of threw it in there. I, mean, I kind of like the dunk where you hang on the rim, and I, I kind of I mean, it was just impressive is more than kind of yeah. He was like I, six feet away in the yeah, air. It was amazing. I don't even know how that was possible. I also I was on there. I yeah. decided to look at the Pat Barrel double from two thousand eight, his one hit <laughs> in the in World in uh World Series in his World Series career one for twenty seven. He's he's got one he's, hit it was. Yeah, he's got more more rings than, than World Series hits. He, he does. It's quite an impressive feat. Bless and, him. Uh, so I want to say about the Sixers. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Evan Turner kind of threw a little bit of a not a fit, but he kind of kicked some towels over. And mm-hmm. he, I read a couple weeks ago. I have no idea why I read this, but I read a piece about Kwame Brown and how you know his career turned out to be a disaster. And some people think that. I mean, it's probably just because he stinks, but <laughs> I mean, his tiny hands might have something he, to do with it. Doug Collins, apparently. I mean. The stuff that you read, Doug Collins. 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 Stuff that you read, Doug 